0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business in Dawa podcast. We are the voice of African family
1: business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies.
0: And my name is Susan Tendi.
1: And I am
2: Nika Anani.
0: And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this second day of the African Women and Family Business Conference. And today has been a, quite a busy day. We had um, a live session, if anyone caught it, that was going on in Zambia that was being um, sponsored by MTN and Prudential Life. Uh, we are so proud of the Zambian team for putting it together. And while that is still running on, it's live on our Facebook, we are going to continue with this session, which is going to be a panel discussion with, I am joined by three amazing ladies who are going to be sharing their story, as well as answering some of the difficult questions that fall under the title, Answering the Call of Legacy, A Dance Between Self and Family Fulfillment. So I would just like to welcome you ladies. Um, uh, I will start with Sine. I, I hope I got that right. It's Sine Zungo.
2: Right. Hi, um, my name is Ninja Buluzungu. I am part of a family business in South Africa, Mochuzung um, Investments Company, and yeah, I'm happy to be a part of this panel.
0: Thank you, Sine. And um, next up is Roberta. Oh,
1: hi. Good morning, everybody. I'm Roberta Goumede. I also represent the family business, named uh, the Guma Group, based in South Africa. And um, I think to start off, congratulations to Cynthia Nike for hosting such a great event and bringing those conversations to the forefront. Appreciate you having us participate today.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Roberta.
0: And then last but not least, we have Nina.
3: Hi everyone. I'm Ninya Hammond. I'm here representing Hammond and Hammond Transactional Law Clinic, also a family business of which I'm the second generation. And I'm glad to be joining you all. Thank you for having me. Wonderful.
0: So to get us started, I'm, I'm just I'm assuming from your introductions, you are all part of your family businesses or have joined or participated in some in some way. So the first question would be. Um, to all the panelists, uh, if you could answer it briefly. When did you decide to join the family business and what made you decide to do so? And we will start with Nina.
3: Okay, gosh, when did I join? Um, Does birth count? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But quite honestly, from a very young age, I grew up with a mother who is predominantly academic, amongst other things. And Pretty much throughout my life, and still, she's um, she had been studying something or um, gathering research towards, of course, fulfilling her life dreams, which just happened to be also leaving a legacy for her children. So she always encouraged us to participate and be involved. You know, I remember in high school, um, I think I was in matric at the time, and she was completing one of her PhDs. And she just randomly asked me to like do her references with her and things like that, and you know just getting involved um, in her work from such a young age. I guess I'm not sure if she was low key grooming us, <laughs> but it was definitely a very enjoyable introduction to the family business, and inevitably, I was a part of it from then.
0: Okay, so you you were nurtured into it from the beginning,
3: indeed, indeed.
0: And Roberta.
1: So, you know, I, I also think birth is, is a good time to start. <laughs> um, you know, um I have fond memories being very young. Um And sort of hearing the whispers around what's happening in the family business and, and our dinner conversations very much, um, the conversation was around what's happening in the business and what are the investments. But, um, formally, I would have joined the business much later, perhaps when I was 23, after I had spent some time working for a different organization, which I felt was important to my own, uh, personal journey. And so, um, for us in our family, there isn't necessarily an expectation to join the family business. But much like Nina, there was a constant nurturing and, and push towards joining and finding a purpose and fulfillment within that structure. Um, so birth is a good time, but officially would have been 23.
0: Um, and Sine?
1: So my story is slightly different. I officially joined the
2: family business after I graduated. So that was at the age of 23. And prior to that, I just worked as, a, as an intern uh, the previous year, so 22. So there was not much um, childhood nurturing um, on my side. Uh, so I think when I joined, the business was probably about 10, 11 years old.
0: Okay. okay. Now, looking at the fact that most of you have grown up in the family environment, in the family business environment, how do you feel your own families have handled family governance? Have you seen, have you practiced it within your family? Have you formalized it? And, um, because obviously family governance goes hand in hand with next-gen integration as well as um, succession planning and we found that a lot of families um, especially in the African context they try to stay away from especially uh, when you look at succession planning because they don't want to feel like they are appointing someone as a leader prematurely and sometimes as the leader at all so from your experience within the family businesses you're in and growing up in this in this setup do you guys already have family governance and is there a succession plan in place? And we'll start with you, Sine. Um, I
2: think you're correct. Um, I think a lot of families try to steer away from that discussion, a formal discussion rather. Um, what tends to happen is, and I, I suppose this is from experience, um, families groom you or all the siblings or whoever needs to be a participant in, in the family business without necessarily speaking about it. So to answer your question very briefly, no, there is no family governance per se. I think it's just we stick to corporate governance and you run the business as formally as possible insofar as corporate is concerned. But in terms of family governance, not so much.
1: All right, got you a uh, Roberta so, you know, my family is a who has been slightly different. Um, we're a group organization that participates in multiple industries and different structures within our business. Um, and I come from a family of seven children. And so the approach my parents have um, taken in, in the last few years is instead of necessarily appointing particular successes in the group structure, we've each been given an opportunity to really find our passions within different different parts of the business and so my career as an example I sit in one of the subsidiaries as chief marketing officer which gives me um, executive role and and the ability to really understand the business from that perspective and I sit on the board of another business. Um, but my brother who is the first uh, born in our family equally works at the Guma group where he looks after particular portfolios and so our approach hasn't necessarily been the call to replace the chair, if you will, also given that he's he's fairly young um, in, in the grander scheme, but it's really been given the exposure to have leadership um access and, ca- and chisel our capabilities while our parents really try to suss out who is best suited for which particular role. Um, and I think there they must be an understanding that the, the truth of the view is not always that there needs to be one successor. You know, um, what you can create is a really great cohort where each individual in the family adds to the bigger vision and um and the expertise needed to take the family forward. And I think that's the approach that we've taken, given that there are so many of us. Interesting. And Nina?
3: It's it's quite different for me because I'm now the only child. Previously, it was me and my elder sister. And even then, actually, you know, my mother's always been very open to discussing topics such as succession. Um, from a very young age as well. Gosh, she really did group us. <laughs> um, so, you know, everything has always just been completely open for the three of us. There is no, no one who would be stepping up to take over. We, we've been made to understand that with any one of us missing from the puzzle, it cannot be complete and it can't function. So it's always been a platform that we all pretty much share. And much like Roberta said, you know, everyone falls into a spot that best suits their strengths. Um, Now, being the only child, um, my mom's kind of pushed me a little bit more into taking on roles of responsibility especially since she's trying to scale back herself somewhat so it's a little bit simpler for me because you know we both are all we have really and I think we function on that basis more than anything.
0: Interesting so I think I'll start with you in the next question. Um, looking at next gens, and you uh, said you're an only child what do you think would be the best method that family businesses can engage
3: next gens You know, I'm a liberal thinker. I, I believe in nurturing and what a child, you know, starts to show as their passion or their strengths, or even perhaps what they might know um, at an early age to be their purpose in life, however much you can know of it at a young age, of course. Um, I strongly believe in nurturing that in the child. I do, um, however, believe that, you know, for those people who are a part of a family business, it is also very important to, to contribute and to invest into that collective. Because at the end of the day, one day we too are going to have children. And I think we would like to leave for them um, way more than what our parents have afforded us. And I think it's important then to instill um, in, next, in next generation children or other family business owners, um, the importance in pouring back into the family and into the business, because essentially at the end of the day, as a family business, I think it becomes very difficult to actually separate the two. You know, The family does become the business and the business um, ends up being centered around the family. So I would think it would be very important to, even if they wanted to pursue careers outside of the family business, make some kind of investment um, into what the family business stands for, at least, so that you can at least carry on the legacy of the name, if, even if it's not necessarily something that you might hold as a core belief um, career-wise.
0: Hmm. And Roberta, you mentioned that you have seven, your seven siblings. How w- how would you say um, you your family has dealt with integrating next gens? And um, what are some of the skills or tools you would advise other families that have um, multiple next gens? Sure.
1: Um, so you know, for us and as Nina was talking. I think one of the biggest contributors to really integrating your next gen is really setting out the vision. So often what we see in family businesses and particularly founders is the vision sits in between their ears and they know it and they know it really well. Um, but they f- sometimes have great difficulty in really explaining what the end goal is and what the steps are to the next gen. And so for us, we found conversations and um, dinner table conversations to really be a great enabler and assisting that and you know having it from a young age allows you to sort of piece the puzzles together as you grow up so when you do eventually integrate into the business you have a clear understanding of what the long-term goal is and what the aspirations are as a family. I think from a tool perspective, Mentorship and shadowing has been important for us. And so we, much like Jewish families, were integrated into the business from a very young age. It's amazing how much you learn from just walking the passages and the relationships you're able to build from knowing that, oh, this is uncle whom and whom and aunt whom and whom, and this is what they do and this is why they matter in the greater scheme of the business. Um, So I would definitely put that top of the list. I think a second one is and this is something we as a family have started doing perhaps in the last three years, is, that, is engaging other family businesses. In South Africa, we have a really strong... Um, set of family businesses particularly in the Afrikaans community and so it's been interesting to see and have engagements with them on how they have tackled some of the family business issues you know I as so out of the seven I'm the oldest girl my sisters are 10 years old so there's quite a big gap um, for us and we haven't necessarily figured out how to treat female in family businesses and so having conversations with uh, family counterparts has helped us sort of see what the different models are that one can take. And then, of course, as a family internally, we're able to start having a discussion around how does that then fit into the greater vision um, and what what governance needs to be necessary in order for me to continue serving both sides of the family. So I think for me, laying out vision, um, mentorship, as well as granular conversations has been imperative. And Sine? Um, so
2: I, I am a firm believer in integrating um, the next gen at a very young age. Um, I did mention that I wasn't integrated at a young age, um, in, at a young age, and that includes my siblings. I've got three siblings, and they are younger than me. Between me and my next sibling is a seven-year gap. But I think it would have been great um, in retrospect had we been involved in the business at a much younger age. Um, What I do appreciate, though, is that even though we were involved at a much later stage, there has been a lot of mentorship as we go along. And much like Roberta, we have an investments company. So there are a number of businesses within the portfolio um, in various industries. And we are involved in the different portfolios. Um, I had one portfolio, which is in Football and my brother is involved in the actual investments company, so he's more of a deal maker. Um, but I really do believe in mentorship, and I believe in getting the next gen integrated at a very young age, even if it's not in, at a formal level. Um, but just so that they, just so that they are aware of what's going on in the family business, um, and are supposed to start forming relationships. And yeah, I think for me it's. Mentorship and and, um, integrating at a young age. Got you. Now I'm just going to move the spotlight a little bit off,
0: focusing on the family business and more focusing on yourselves uh, from your personal experiences. I know like a lot of women, um, we suffer from imposter syndrome and sometimes it can be quite crippling when we hold high positions and we are put sometimes in industries that are male-dominated. What has been your experience? Have you suffered from imposter syndrome? And if you have, um, how have you navigated
2: it? Um, and I will start with you, Sydney. This is a very interesting question. So when I started off, um, okay, I was in advertising, but the next business within the portfolio that I was involved in was biometrics um, and that, biometrics and investigations, and that is male-dominated Um, including the football now that is also very male dominated. There's very few females in in the, in the fields that I've been involved in. Um, fortunately for me, I've been surrounded by very good support structure. Um, and I'm not so sure whether it's just internal or also external people, just because I think for football, for example, I think I'll say the community is very excited at the prospects of females joining, um, football at, higher ranks at a higher level so I've been received with much excitement so I haven't really experienced imposter syndrome I'd honestly be lying um it's been um it's been a very pleasant journey um although when I did join um the forensics business I was much younger I think I've I became CEO when I was probably about 29 years old so that slightly difficult um but again i think there was much excitement at the past and this is more internal now it was an internal thing where i was just met with a lot of support and people received it very well so i haven't really struggled with that
0: right roberta
1: so i have the inverse um i've struggled with imposter syndrome quite a great deal um and and I do think it's one of those challenges that I may consistently have. Um, but what I have given myself is great tools over the years to be able to deal with it. I think the the onspring of imposter really found me when I joined the Holdings Company. And a lot of the work that we were focused on, well, still are focused on, but a lot of the work that I was focused on at the time was um country developments. And so a lot of my interactions were with. Men, quite often I was the only woman in the room. Um, and not only that, I was typically the youngest woman in the room, equally so. And so while, like Siné, I think there was a lot of support and a lot of preparation that may have come from the internal team, um, I, I really felt the lack of mentorship and accessibility around that time. Um, particularly because, you know, when you're a second-gen family business, you're not able to call your mother and ask what to do because she too has world that experience. And so, from that perspective, it can be quite a lonely road. Um, what I think has assisted me is really reaching out to other women uh, who don't necessarily face, who don't necessarily come from family businesses, but women who have pioneered their own areas um, because the boardroom is much the same, whether you're from a family business or not. And so I think having those conversations, having a tribe of individuals who understand what matters to you and are willing to have the very difficult conversations with you um, in preparation for the different goals you need to take for me has been highly important. And I think, um, remaining kind to myself. So, you know, remaining, uh, true and authentic to my own journey and knowing that I will get it right. It may. A little bit longer. My confidence may take a hit here and there, but being able to reach out to the chair, reach out to my siblings and the individuals that I hold has been important in regaining that confidence where it is shaken. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Roberta. And Nina, what has been your experience?
3: Um, you know, it's it's a bit interesting for me because luckily I have had a mother who's. Pretty much gone through all of the challenges I might be facing in the business world before. Um, you know, like Roberta was saying a little earlier, very often she's been the only woman in the room, very often the only black woman in the room, and very often the youngest. And again, you know, from a very young age, she she will sort of relay different stories to us, perhaps if it was an experience that she's gone through or um, you know, something she was trying to us and how to carry ourselves when we find um, that we're in such a situation where we, we could find ourselves doubting our skills or possibly even being undermined. Um, and then I started, um, you know, a career of my own and entered into the business world and found that very often when you first find yourself in those shoes, all of those teachings go out the window, and you're just overcome by complete anxiety. Um, and for me, what helped me was just being rooted in myself, you know, um, just understanding why it is I am there um, and what it is that I'm trying to achieve. You know, I've, well, I'm getting better at it, but I'm kind of getting good at blocking out uh, the noise and just focusing on the work. Um, you know especially because I'm doing work that I'm actually extremely passionate about Um, so I can very often just find that little quiet confidence within myself and you know proceed with the the confidence that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I also try and not consider you know, what other people might think or what they might have to say, because I feel like it's very easy to let things go around you and also overcome you. So I just try my very best to block out the noise and focus on, on what I'm doing.
0: Got you. Um, Roberta, I think you have your hand up.
1: Yes, I do. I just want to chime in on, on what Nina said and, and finding a routine. You know, um, I've, the memories just popped into my mind. Um, so I must have been in China at the time. So the, it would have been around 23. And I was reading Yvonne Khan's book, um, trying to prepare myself as much as I could for what the next phase of my life would be. And um, a teaching that she brought forward and something that I guess I carry in the back of my mind is really understanding and realizing that when you walk into that room, you bring something to the table. So it might not be 10 years of experience. It might not be, you know, years and stories of how the, Different companies have approached the relationship with But what you do bring is current kind of affairs. What you do bring is the ability to know what's happening on the ground. You bring the pulse of today. And most importantly, you bring the pulse of tomorrow. And so a lot of my engagements in my current position, I, I head up marketing. Um, a constant conversation I'm having with my executive is my goal is to ensure that the company exists in 15 years, because what do I know for sure? There's a high probability that, God willing, I'll be alive in 15 years. The people who will be leading in 15 years are my peers. Um, and it's I'm, I'm born in a generation that understands what it will take to achieve and be successful in the, in the next generation. And So I think walking into the room and remaining teachable to the experiences that they've had, but also being quite clear on what it's going to take to go forward um, really alleviates the anxiety around that imposter syndrome because when that's the case, you're not actually competing, but instead you're bringing a newness and a freshness to the table. And that's what you need to stay rooted in. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for that answer, Roberta. So now continuing <laughs> to look at how family business has impacted you personally. I'm sure growing up in family business, it becomes more of a second nature and naturally the the lines might be blurred sometimes between family and business um, because you spend so much time within both spaces and the relationships overlap. How do you balance your family and business relationships? And have you found a way to manage that cross without having a crossover of conflict or cross-crossover of conversation? and keeping it healthy? Um, and I'll start with you,
2: Simeon. <laughs> I was hoping it started somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, That's a tough question, I won't lie. Um, I think when you're in a family business and it's more than one child involved in the family business, more than one family member involved in the family business, the dynamics tend to be a little bit tricky. Um, I think you just have to find a way to manage the relationship and make sure that whatever goes on at home, whether there is conflict or there is a misunderstanding, you don't bring that to work. I think we've found a way to kind of separate the two. So business remains business and at work, we're at work family issues and in inverted commas remain at home and they become family issues just so that we don't bring that energy to the work environment. Because I think the one thing we also have to remember, well, I suppose this is from my experience at work. Um, there's a whole lot more people that are outside of the family. So our businesses are headed by other individuals that aren't family. Like I said, I think there's, it's just my father, it's my brother and myself who are involved in the family business. The other two are much younger, so they're not that involved. But I think we've just managed to find a way to deal with our family issues at home and work issues at work, um, just so that it, I suppose it remains um, professional um, and to not bring unpleasant energies to the work environment.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, and Nina, you know, for me it's very tricky because I have a mother who takes everything personally when it comes to her business, <laughs> and I think what has assisted me is coming to understand why. Um, and I think. Other people have also come to understand why, at least those who have interacted enough with us. Um, and what has helped me overcome the blurring of those lines is acceptance and not taking things personally. Um, acceptance, in the sense that unfortunately, you know, the foundation is the kind of thing where particularly because it's been my mother's entire life's work. It's very difficult to separate it from her. So there are very many things in how I might think something should run or should be done that I have to accept, um, you know, in terms of what I've stepped into as much as I'm a prominent part of the business myself. And I would say not taking things personally in you know, not um, not letting whatever happens on the business front affect my relationship with my mother on the home front, because very often, you know, there's a, there there'll be criticisms perhaps that um, are thrown your way, well, not thrown, <laughs> but that come your way on a business front that could be very easily taken personally um, on a home front if you don't. If you don't kind of you know make that separation in your mind, but honestly, it's not really something that I've had a problem with um, luckily you know we've we've got a very good rapport um, amongst my mother and I and amongst us and the rest of our team, and that they also understand that essentially. They are working for a family business and they've come to respect that a great deal. So I think that assists us as well in not even having to, you know, put those defining lines there. So, as much as it's kind of been tricky, luckily it also pretty much runs pretty smoothly for us.
0: And, Roberta,
1: can I ask that you say the question again? I just want to make sure I'm answering the right thing. No worries. So I was
0: talking about that delicate balance we have between family and business and how sometimes relationships can cross over. And um, how, do you, how do you manage that balance? And have you found a way of um, also looking at or, or handling it in a way that um, whether it's a good flow or a bad flow, it doesn't overlap and blur those lines?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. It's the second part that I had missed. So and, and perhaps that's what I'll start with. Um so as I've alluded to, we we are quite a big family, and um at the helm of it is is both my father and the chair. Um and so what has been important to us on, on managing the blurring of the lines is putting on different hats is how I like to think of it. Um, and so when we we're at work, um, when I started off, I set quite clear boundaries that, so you'll, you'll hear that even when I engage him in the workspace, I, I call him by chair or Mr. G as how he's known. Um, and in the family, in the family home, I, I call him dad, much like everyone else. And so... That really helps to chisel the conversation, and also sets, sets the tone for even the rest of the employees who work who work alongside me. We try our best, much like I think Sinead alluded to, to not bring the father daughter relationship into specific rooms. And it's it's amazing how just by naming convention, um, you automatically do that without knowing so. And so what we've had to do, I and mean, even with him, I've had to say, oh please. Don't don't call me baby don't, don't don't introduce me to your daughter don't call me baby my name's is that's good enough they'll make the connection because we have the same surname and that's enough um and I've had to have the same conversation with um individuals who've worked in the business for many years who've known me as their niece um for many years and now have to know me as a counterpart and as a peer um I think one of the tools that we've used now in, in our family and and I think it really I see it the most with my father is when I have to engage him as a boss which is 80 percent of the time in our day-to-day living um I you know I speak to him son whatever the case is but when I want to have a personal discussion I'll give him a heads up and say hey I need to chat to you as my dad and that often helps um Create a good environment for me to be able to show up as a daughter and open that level of vulnerability that typically I wouldn't um, allow my boss to see. And so those setting those sort of boundaries has assisted us. I think second to that is also respecting the business, respecting that we work um, for clients and our first and foremost clients are the rest of my siblings. And so ensuring that we show up as our best self, that we're able to conduct ourselves both the chair and I and my brother who's in the business um, as professionals who who are mandated to show up in particular ways we're mandated to do certain things for the greater good of the family and the business and then of course the actual clients that we serve in the rest of the continent.
0: Interesting I love all your responses and how you've managed to figure out something that works for each one of you in the situation that you are faced with. Now, looking back at what all families are trying to build, which is legacy. um, I think when we start building family businesses, we initially want to solve a problem and, um, and create a solution that's going to help clients. But over the long term, we start then focusing on things like legacy and um what it is in, as an individual legacy and also as a family legacy how important is legacy building to your family and what active steps have been taken to build your legacy um and I will start with Roberta otherwise Sine oh. will be ah. like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like Sine um So, so absolutely legacy building, um, it sits as a cornerstone in my family. Um, my parents and the, founder, or the chair have never been shy um, of relating that this is the true intention of why we're in business and equally the true intention and in why we participate in many different parts of the business. What may be seen as a commercial exercise to the external viewer, for us as a family we understand and know where the true root is and and, um the importance of it and so while um, you know in in a lot of for us as a family and a pinning, we really believe in the advancement of Africa as a whole and seeing Africa as a as a player a, a real player on the field and so a lot of the work that we do rests in Africa um a lot of the work that we do across the continent um and equally so on on our own shores in in South Africa so legacy building and the need for it to continue over different generations rests right at the center of the work that we do um, and this is why there's such transparency and openness in the work that we do across the different generations you know right down from me knowing exactly what's happening to my nephew who's two years old and understands that Um, we have aspirations in agriculture and this is what we do. And he walks the field and it's really to ensure that everyone has the opportunity to really buy in to the greater picture um, of what we intend to do as a family. Yeah. Thank you, you, Roberta. Nina?
3: Um, Yeah, I think I, I pretty much echo what Roberta said in that you know, as much as between uh, my mother and I, it's there hasn't really even been a need to separate family and business between us. But in terms of how our business is represented to the outside world, unless you even see the name of the firm, you wouldn't know it's a family business because that's not how we portray ourselves. You know, um, in fact, we're very community centred, mm-hmm. but. But for the two of us, it's always been abundantly clear, um, you know, what it is that lies at the heart of our family business. And that is certainly building a legacy. Um, So it's it's something that has always been, you know, the foundation from the get-go. There's never been any question. And it's also something that I must say, my mother has been very good in getting my sister and I to both buy into ourselves from a very young age, and you know that would be in actively making us do things like the um, example I gave you earlier. you know there were very many things that she would um, you know do with us so that we can see exactly what is going on, and she would also make it very clear and explain that you know these are the reasons why i 'm doing this. And I feel like when there's that kind of transparency and also that level of involvement, it then becomes very easy actually for um, other generations to buy into, um, you know, building that legacy too. Because at the end of the day, they understand um, that it's at the greater good of everyone who's a part of it.
0: Got you. And last but
2: not least, Sine. (laughs) Um, Much like Roberta and Mina. I think legacy is extremely important to to my family, and it's been communicated. There's been transparency. I think um, my father, being the first gen, he has communicated it very well to his children, and I suppose the rest of his family. So we're very aware of what the vision is. Although, in terms of working in the family business, we got involved. Call it late. Um, but we're still very aware of what the purpose of the business is and where he's taking the business. And yeah, and what his intentions are really, it's always been clear. Um, and it's, it's, he's been intentional, um, with every step that he takes in terms of the business. And I think even probably involving us at such a late stage, that too has been intentional. Um, so yeah, legacy is, is is extremely important to us, and yeah, we we know where the business is going, and we know what exactly he's trying to achieve with it, and what the next steps are.
0: Got you. So I've got some questions in our chat box here that I'm gonna um, give you, ladies. Um, firstly, at, um, from Armutura, uh, he says interesting discussions. Um, he's curious. Are there members of a family that work better with the first generation based on how they were raised or how well they connected when being children of the parents? And I will start with Roberta because you have a diverse range of siblings.
1: <laughs> I do. I do have a diverse range of siblings. Um, sorry, the question is, are they, are there siblings of mine who work better with the chair yes. than the rest? Based on how they were raised, yes okay so um so I think the one thing to clarify is we were all raised under the same house mm-hmm. um, and so the the rules that were given to all of us were quite standard across the base um, of course there's there's very slight deviation um, in the male and female, but from a greater perspective and and um, Parents' um, wishes and aspirations for each of us and access to opportunity was standardized. Um, so there, there won't be a difference there. However, what I do think happens is a child is given an opportunity to relate better to the parent or the chair at the given time, depending on which life stage they're at. Mm-hmm. And so for my experience and maybe if I compare mine and my brother's experience and and you know it I I must declare that I haven't necessarily had this conversation with him so this is based on my assumption but um in my very younger years it, it was a lot easier to engage the chair because I was I was a sponge waiting to learn you know I had I had so much to give and um there was so much excitement around learning and understanding every single thing right and and so in those years there was there was a really great in-depth um closeness in the relationship due to that so so he wasn't just my boss but he was really a full-time mentor and essentially a crash course that I could take for three years um, to learn as much as possible when it was available I think um, perhaps an inverse has happened with my brother where he's recently started his own family in the last five years and what we were able to see is by him growing into fatherhood and then having that sudden connection, their ability to work together has really grown so much closer because they, they they talk from the same place, right? So if you talk around the idea of legacy and building for your family and provision, they both are in the same boat. Um, and so you've seen a, a, a greater closeness and how they engage, particularly in the season. I think um, it, it will be true that when I also start my own family, I will also experience the same thing. And so I don't necessarily think how a we raise brings a closeness, but I, I do think what you need at the time and your proximity to that in relation to where the chair is himself, um, allows that relationship to either really explode and be amazing for that season, or be quite normal. Um, I think we're lucky that there hasn't necessarily been a time where there's been strain due to the different levels that we are at.
0: Got you. Um, Sina, would you like to tackle that one?
2: Yeah, this is a very interesting question. So mine is different. Um, We weren't raised in the same household. Um, But I think the values have been the same with all the siblings. Um, although not raised in the same household, we everything has pretty much been the same. What I think my, my father, the chair, <laughs> has been able to do is to treat us equally in the different levels that we are at. So for example, I have been in the family business longer than my brother. Um, I'm older And I have been in leadership positions, um, and he hasn't yet, just purely because he's younger and he's still learning. Um, But we are both able to work with the chair equally at those different levels. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Yes, it does, definitely. Um, And for Nina, slightly different question. Um, still coming from the, from the same participant. Um, he's asking, "Do your family does your family business have to adopt digital innovations or or transformations? And is it easier for the second gen, this being something they are good at? And does this facilitate their involvement in the family businesses anyway?"
3: First of all, very big assumption that I'm good at it as a second gen. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible at it, um, but I think that's not really um, something that's an obstacle, to be honest. Because luckily now, you know, but there are so many people with um, expertise in in the digital space that you know you can instill other people's services to assist you with that. Um, though it's not really something that I've had to tackle so much in my particular field, because. You know, pandemic aside, um, the legal fraternity isn't one that's digitized at all. (laughs) So it's not really something that I've had to tackle in that manner. Um, Post-pandemic, perhaps we've been looking more at ways to have a wider reach, considering that now we can, um, you know, due to the virtual world we've been brought to live in um and it's certainly you know something that we're toying around with ideas obviously you know we don't want to be left left behind in the trend of things going digital and we're certainly finding ways that we can um offer the platform to our clients for them to advance their own businesses um but I don't really think I have any challenges to speak of as yet.
0: Okay and then my last question to all of you um and I will be very mindful and start with Nina. Okay. Uh, and um, the question is coming from one of our participants who said that um, some of you mentioned that you do not use um, family governance um, tools like family constitutions. Um, so what is the business or family tool that is really critical in developing your family firm?
3: Hmm. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> for me, I would say that it's integrity. And it's ensuring that you carry yourself with integrity, um, that you treat others with respect, and that there's integrity in everything that you do in the business space. Um, and I say that this is something that's important because. At the end of the day, not only is not only are our names attached to everything that we do, but you must also understand that you know when you are a people centered business, it is incredibly important to treat every single person and every single situation with the respect that it um that it deserves so I would think that you know, integrity is something that we ensure um, we can count on everyone that we work with to have, and also that we ensure as mother and daughter, we always check each other, you know, um, we, we keep each other accountable. And we do our very best to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, we we keep, we keep, the purpose in mind and we keep what we're trying to achieve in mind. And I think, um, you know, once you do that, once you do things for the right reasons um, and with all of the best intentions, that no matter what your business is, it will certainly be a success.
0: Hmm. Thank you for that answer. Sino?
2: Um, For me, it would be community and professionalism. I think it's important to note that even though it's a family business, you still want it to be professional at all levels, um, even with families involved. Um, And also just, I I mentioned community, because the people that work for the business, um, they are aware that it's a family business, but you also want them to feel a part of that business and to give their all. And you don't ever want them at any point to feel, um, for lack of a better word, underserved. Um, You always want them to feel a part of the business. I think what that does, it it uplifts the morale of the team. Mm -hmm. And in that way, the family business or the business company is well represented. So for me, it definitely is professionalism and community.
1: Understood. And Roberta. Sure. Um, so, you know, for us, it's probably three things. Um, family values being at the core. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, a, we're a big believer in family values. And I think it lends to what uh, Sine was relaying around community. So, much like um, I think Sine spoke, all our business, our businesses are not, the CEO is not a family member. Quite often, in fact. All- all the time it's someone external and so we're really extending those family values to the to the management of the different organizations but to the greater organization has remained imperative in us being successful as a family business and then of course internally I think the key things that have been integral for us has been transparency and accountability um, so there's a lot of effort brought around the transparency in the different activities we participate in so at any given time whether I'm involved in something or not um, I have line of sight we we don't create siloism, we don't create secrecy within the family and so that allows us to build really considerable trust um, to know that Roberta takes care of this vehicle and someone else takes care of another and through that we're really able to, to To see how working as a family assists us. And then, of course, accountability. Um, We have a Christmas Eve tradition as a family, where each member has an opportunity to really tell, it's almost like a board meeting, if you will, where we each have an opportunity To express what we've been up to um, in the different businesses that we we represent and what it means for the year going forward. Um, And the accountability against really making sure that you deliver on what you promised the year before remains integral for us. Um, And being able to put your hand up when you need assistance um, really allows us to thrive as a business.
0: Thank you for that. Ladies, I we have had the most incredible chat over this past hour I don't know how the time flew but um, as a wrap up I'd like just to thank all of you for participating in this panel discussion and sharing with us some of the tools that you've used to be able to participate and be part of the family business as well as to be leaders within the family business system Um, I would like to just give each of you one minute each to give your final take or your final words of advice to um, all our participants and those who are going to watch this session long after we have finished. And I will start with Sine.
2: Oh, no. I love that. Yeah. So, firstly, thank you for having us here. And for being a part of this panel, it's been really interesting just to learn from the panelists as well, because I think we also don't know each other. So this is very interesting to get to learn about everybody's um, experiences. We're all in the same space, but our experiences are different. And it's nice to to get those nuggets of wisdom from everybody. So I think for everybody listening or anybody listening, um, family businesses are different. And I think they all need to be approached differently. Um, You know what will work for your family and that might not necessarily work for my family. But I think in all things equal, just treat it as professionally as possible um, and remain... There must always be integrity. I think Nina touched on something very important. Integrity is very important. Um, and again, for me, sense of community again is very important there. So yeah, that's it. from. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Roberta? <laughs>
1: um, sorry, I wrote down my three points, so I don't waffle. Um, but I think for me as a close remark, particularly for the next gen, speak up. Um, when you are at the table. Take the opportunity to speak up and believe in your ideas. Um, So often, what you find is by asking what you may think is a silly question, you trigger an exploration into other solutions that may not necessarily be at the forefront of the executives around the table. So, definitely, while Silence and listening is important um, in the journey of learning. Speaking is equally important. So don't rob yourself of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think the second is find your purpose within the family business or create it. Um, Having strong conversations around where your passions lie and how they can assist the greater family business is important. Um, the, The view is not always that you must be a lawyer because your parents are lawyers, perhaps Where you bring advancements into the business is by taking care of the finances or marketing or anything else that that lies outside of the traditional realm. So if if it doesn't already exist, create it. Don't be shy um, to create it and bring in partners that will help you achieve the greater vision. And then last but not least is remain humble. As you walk the spaces, as you serve um, your family in the particular businesses that you are given an opportunity to, remain humble, remain teachable to your family, but most importantly, remain humble to the staff members who wake up every day and help your family realize their wildest dreams. That I found is what truly sets, um, sets individuals apart. Thanks. Thank you, Roberta and Nina.
3: Nothing to add. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I'm joking. No, um, yo, that was those are such good points. Um, for me, I think the first most important thing would be to respect people's journeys. Um, that certainly is what um I'm taking away, having sitting here and listened to Roberta and Cine Relay, um, you know, a little, a, a little bit of their journeys and. I believe it's always important to respect people's journeys, particularly people who work within their family businesses, because you know unfortunately, very often they're not um it's there's been a well not so much these days, but there has been a bit of a stigma around children who go and work for their family businesses um you know either because you know daddy or mommy has done abc for them or um you know be it someone holding a position that others might not necessarily think they deserve and whatever I, i think we need to do away with with those kinds of opinions because at the end of the day uh, you know you don 't really know what you don 't really know what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to a family business, um, and especially judging from outside you don 't really understand uh, why it is important for those particular people to even be a part of the business so I think it 's just very important to respect people 's journeys um, and also support them and uh, you know I think particularly as women one day we we will have families of our own, and you know it's it might come a, it might come to be a bit of a difficult discussion um, when you're having to divide your time between your own personal family and you know the family business um, so it's important to to treat people's journeys uh, with respect in that regard because we really do go through a number of things that we can't actually go to someone else um, to seek comfort on because they don't necessarily understand the position that we sit in. Um, The second point would be the importance of uplifting um, people that that we surround, that surround us rather, um, which touches on Sine's point of community. It's very important to... Um, you know uplift everyone who is around you on your way up as much as you possibly can of course but that's something that I believe um, I would like to ask next gens um, to hold true to themselves is to always make sure that you know on on your way up do whatever you can to give someone else whatever step up they might need um, should you be able to do so for them And I think perhaps then the last thing would just to be true to yourself, touching on what Roberta said, you know, find where you can fit in. I don't think being a part of a family business means that you have to neglect anything about your own passions. So it's very important to always stay true to yourself because that will ensure that you'll always perform at your optimum.
0: Well, thank you so much, ladies. You are so inspirational and your stories are, I think will will carry um, a wind that will go through our time to all the, the ladies who are going to listen to this and um, also reflect on their own personal journeys. And happy Women's Day to you all.
1: Women's Day. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Thank Bye. you. Bye now. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.